This episode of Voices of the Elephant is brought to you by SiteGround. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your host, and we're here at ZenCon 2017 in Las Vegas, Nevada, here in the U.S. My special guest is one of the speakers here at ZenCon, Mr. Bradley Holt. Say hi to everybody, Bradley. Hi, everyone. Now, you've been around the PHP community almost as long as I have. I mean, I, I remember running into you at conferences a long time ago. Yeah, my first uh, big PHP conference was ZenCon 2008. Oh, wow. And before that, I was running our local uh, PHP user group for a couple of years a uh, couple of years before that very cool and yeah. which user group would that be uh, it was the Burlington Vermont PHP oh. user group which okay. is no longer around no but, um, but um, yeah okay yeah no it's not um, okay you've got uh, everybody for those of you who have never been interviewed by me I make everybody come up with the topics that um, they want to talk about and you came up with some doozies but one of them really struck a chord with me and so I want to talk about that we're just going to focus on that we're not going to do the usual um, three topics um, and the the topic is the growing influence of developers now I first it first started sinking into me that developers were becoming more and more important to everyday companies, not just software companies. Uh, back in about 2013, uh, uh, one of the gentlemen at Red Monk released a book called The New Kingmakers. And I was at EclipseCon and they gave everybody a copy and I read it. And it was all about this, that uh, software developers are now starting to exert influence in companies that normally would not be considered software companies. I'm doing the air quotey fingers. Talk to us about how did this become and where do you see this going? So it's a great time to be a developer because uh, if you think about what's happening in our in our world around us, that software really is eating the world. Like mm -hmm. there's some, every single industry uh, is being transformed by software. And there are only about 20 million professional software developers in the world. Uh, and if you look at the influence that software has on the world and the economy and just everything around us, mm -hmm. that's a massive influence for that relatively small group of people. Yeah. So if you're a developer, you have a huge responsibility and a huge amount of influence. Uh, and, and that's a thing that companies are, are recognizing. So I, I work as a developer advocate for IBM. Uh -huh. And that's basically my role is to, to talk with developers and help developers understand what they can build with our technologies. And uh, as, just as much as I'm talking with them, but also listening to developers to make sure that what we're doing makes sense. So uh, you work at IBM? Yes. Do you know Watson? Can you get me an autograph? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I know Watson personally. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I can I help you out with that. No, it, it's amazing to me because Zev, in his opening keynote um, here at ZenCon 2017, talked about the different places that software is being used. And Samantha touched on this in her keynote as well. You've got, and most people don't think, oh, this is software. But You've got the entertainment systems in airplanes that are in the seat back. Well, that's software, and each one of those are little Linux computers running in the, the seat back. And 
cars these days are almost more software than mechanical, um, and, and that that is good. And as Samantha pointed out, that is bad too. You know, <laughs> there's some problems with that. Um, I, I don't see this going away anymore, but you're with one of the companies that is leading the charge for machine learning and um, artificial intelligence. Do you see a time in the near future where machines are programming themselves and all of a sudden it's not a good time to be a developer? That's a great question. I don't think that software development will be entirely replaced by by artificial intelligence or, mm -hmm. or any sort of uh, automation. I do think that it will have a profound impact on software development and what that looks like. I, I think if you look at the, you know, the history of automation, it's about us being able to do more and more. So the, the amount of influence or the amount of work that I can do as an individual developer and the tools that I have at my disposal mm -hmm. are becoming more and more powerful. So I think it's, I don't think it will be um, outright replacement of, of software programming jobs. I think will still exist. I just think it will look very different than it does today. Yeah, I, I must agree. Now, um, you, you, you're a developer advocate at um, IBM, and I, I've lived the, the DA life. I, I know the, the ups and the downs on that. But uh, tell us a little bit about um, what you do. What what does IBM have that they're trying to get developers excited about? So IBM has is a massive company. There are so many different technologies and products and services. Uh, I work specifically in a group called uh, Watson Data Platform. Oh yeah, I'm uh, so with that. I've got an account. You do? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are specifically focused on uh, the data layer. So on uh, databases, data analytics tools. Uh, those sorts of uh, like big data analytics, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have, um, you know, everything. A lot of the really cool thing is a lot of things that we do are open source, are based on open source technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, so like Apache Spark, like machine learning with Apache Spark and uh, Cloudant, which is based on Apache CouchDB, oh, wow. which is uh, one of my favorite databases. Um, so uh, He says as he's wearing his CouchDB t-shirt. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, it's um, so that's that's really the area that I focus on. We okay. are part of a bigger group that has a number of uh, services in the cloud. So uh, all the Watson APIs, for example, where mm -hmm. you can do like speech to text, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, just all sorts of what we call air quote cognitive services. Yeah. But cognitive is a bit of a buzzword. I, I don't like to use that word too much, but uh, it really just means like machine learning, artificial intelligence, natural language processing, yeah. uh, th those sorts of technologies. I've got, um, I, I won't say a friend, because I, I don't even think we've ever met, but there's a podcast that I listen to. And when you listen to a podcast on a regular basis, you assume that you're, they're your friends. And so I, I listen to this podcast called Market Over Coffee. And one of the gentlemen that um, produces that talks about the Watson API and how with he, he dabbles in PHP and he said um, a weekend project he was able to take some PHP and the image recognition API um, that's part of the Watson and run uh, 10,000 images through and it would it would identify they would tell them what this is you know and, and things like that and I was just I've been fascinated by it and I, I set up my account after listening to that and the weekend got passed and of course life intervened and I haven't haven't dove back into it but I've actually got a project started on my machine here that talks to the Watson API because I want to do some um, uh, sentiment analysis um, sentiment analysis 
for me on especially on tweets and stuff like that is uh, is very important I, you know I, I, I want to be able to analyze this stuff and I think it'd be very fun to be able to do that and the you have an API for that I and it's they're actually very easy to work with. If you understand REST and how to use a REST API, you understand 75% of what you need. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very excited about that. But you're right, IBM is a, a, a large company. In a previous episode, I interviewed an IBMI um, programmer, an RPG programmer that's using PHP on the IBM. So when people think IBM, they used to think uh, AS400, IBMI, um, the platforms changed names several times, but, that's, but mainframes, basically. yeah, mainframes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But now people are thinking more about Watson and yeah. things like that. Well, it's kind of funny because like it, this um, IBMI is such a huge thing here at, at Zen, the mm -hmm. ZenCon, and uh, even in, the, in there are a lot of PHP developers who are building things on IBMI. So it's kind of funny being here at ZenCon because I work at IBM. But I don't do anything with IBM. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a completely different part of the company, uh, and what I, everything I do is uh, is all cloud-based. So we're all yeah. everything. It's all about cloud services and data and analytics and cognitive services in, in the cloud. So mm -hmm. uh, it's it's interesting. I, I've had some interesting conversations with people working in IBMI about you know where do, where does cloud fit in for for people that are doing IBMI? Like, are there certain workloads that maybe don't make sense there that get offloaded to the cloud? But hmm. so it's an interesting. Uh, Interesting uh, topic of, of uh, you know yeah and, and once one department or discovers that the other department can help then you know it, it's almost a revelation hey we've all, we got all this in house yeah. hey um, I've done the the um, the DA thing the DA life for a while um, thankfully I have gotten out of that and I'm now um, in a, a much more stable position um, but. I know what I used to do. I used to go to camps and I used to go to conferences and there were times when I would um, you know, get home and just open my suitcase and my wife would simply re refresh you know, and replenish and I'd zip it back up the next day and head on out. What type of events do you go to? Do you do mostly hackathons, camps, what? So I go to a lot of a lot of conferences. I've been actually oh. trying to travel um, a little bit less. Okay. Uh, I work on an awesome team where we really support each other and uh, where you know we we have a we have goals we're trying to accomplish and we work together. And if somebody you know wants to take a break from traveling or wants to travel a little less, we well, that's perfectly fine. We have mm. other things we can do. We can write blog posts. We can write sample apps. So uh, you know we're really intentional about trying to avoid burnout, which is a Big, uh, That's a huge problem in the DA, oh, yeah. DA yeah, world, yeah. Um, and I, I've seen people not handle it well, and I've seen some, um, people like you that can identify it up front and say, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to get there. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's something we, we, we try to, we, we actually, I manage a team of developer advocates, and that's mm -hmm. something that you know, we talk about a lot, is like, how do we... You know how do how do we make sure we're not we're not doing that and you know putting too much pressure on ourselves because travel travel is rough it's you know it can really really burn you out and I I really you're asking about like kind of uh, events that I I like going to and I I really enjoy helping to to build community like working with with conferences I don't want to just drop into a conference and just like hey I'm from IBM what can I yeah <laughs> and just show up and uh, I, I want to actually be a part of, of helping to, to build a community mm -hmm. and. Uh, that's why I really like being here at ZenCon because it's uh, it's a community that I've been a part of for a number of years. So that's much more fun to me than just dropping into some event where I don't really know anybody and it's yeah. not really a community that I'm connected with. And you have roots in the community, so you have a voice in this community. And it's so nice because the joke used to be back um, 2008, 2009, uh, Microsoft at that point had just discovered PHP existed and they weren't sure if they were excited about it or threatened by it. 
And so, um, and they didn't know how to deal with our community. And so they became what we called the community bartender. They would show up with a credit card and buy drinks until the until the credit card was maxed out, and you know that was that was the end of it. Smart. It, it wasn't until Joe Stagner and um, Josh Holmes really started building relationships in our community that people started really taking Microsoft seriously. You know, yeah. and and you, you, I commend IBM because you're here at a community or talking to a community of developers that know you. And that gives you a lot more weight with this community than just, you know, if you were just to drop in, run a booth. Yeah, and that, that's a, a marketing's, I, I'd have nothing against marketing. Marketing serves an important function and there's, there's a lot of value. I used to actually work, work in marketing and, and do, do, mar, do a lot of marketing work myself. But th there is a distinction between marketing and developer advocacy. And, yes, and sometimes is. people mix up the two. And, you know, just showing up and being at a booth and pushing out a message isn't, you know, that, that could be valuable, but that's not developer advocacy. Developer advocacy is, is engaging, having conversations, and it's really a, uh, a two-way street. It's not just about trying to put your message out there. It's also about listening as much as you talk uh, and then trying to go back into the company and convince people within the company of things that you've heard developers telling you. Yeah, a few years ago, I changed my title from um, evangelist to advocate because it was a two-way street. I wasn't just going out and preaching to people. I was actually coming back and saying, look, this is the feedback I'm getting. And engineering all of a sudden, oh, hey, that's, that's right. And, and you're right. Marketing is showing up with a stack of T-shirts and being a T-shirt dispenser. You know, and Which is great. I mean, oh, people love T-shirts. Oh, people that's, that's people awesome. love T-shirts, <laughs> but if you aren't really engaging with people, then when the T-shirt's gone, your booth's empty. They've moved on to the next booth that has more T-shirts. So exactly. You, you, you don't want that. Yeah. Um, hey, you said the magic word. And I want to um, chase a little mm -hmm. rabbit here. You manage. And management of um, developers, and if you're managing developer advocates, you are managing developers, um, is very near and dear to my heart. Um, talk to us a little bit. Obviously, your team is distributed. Talk to us about working or managing distributed um, team members. What's, what's the number one thing you would tell people if somebody's getting ready to, um, to start managing a remote developer or a remote team? Uh, communication. Over-communicate. Over-communicate. Uh, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, be in Slack. Make sure you're, if, assuming you use Slack or whatever, yeah. whatever tool you use. It doesn't have to be Slack. But uh, make sure that you are making yourself present, um, that you're, you're, you're there and that uh, people see you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only way you're visible is if you're, you're there. Uh, and then if you have people that report to you, making sure you're, you're being proactive about reaching. I, I do uh, bi-weekly one-on-ones uh, with everybody that reports to me. So I make sure that you know, we have that, that regular touch point and we do it on, on a video conference. So oh. make sure that we're face-to-face. Yeah. -face. Um, I think if you, uh, if you have the budget and you can convince people to, to spend money on it, uh, trying to get together in person mm -hmm. once a year, if you can, yeah, uh, is is important. Uh, we've we've been trying to do that. We haven't quite quite managed to, to crack that nut yet, but uh, uh, but I think that would be uh, that's that's really valuable. You don't have to see each other day to day. You don't have to be in the same room every day. Mm -hmm. But having that uh, social connection and uh, creating those, those social bonds w with um, people that you work with in a distributed team is very important. That's an excellent point. And I know um, you know large companies that do this regularly. Uh, Mozilla is, is largely distributed. Uh, before they were part of Oracle, MySQL, hugely distributed, and they would bring the entire company in. I remember uh, MySQL, uh, the year that Sun bought them to make the announcement, they brought everybody to Orlando and to Disney and things like that. But it doesn't have to be that. I mean, I wrote a blog post um, leading up to ZenCon that says, look, if you have a distributed team, or even if you have everybody there, 
bring them to a conference and then plan a night out and stuff like that. And that gives you, the manager, the chance to do some one-on-ones during the week. Everybody gets together and has a meal together in the um, uh, at, at, at the conference, and you get to, to be with each other, and you're still getting some um, some other value out of the time, not just we're going to get everybody together and go to Disney. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you know? that's, that's a great plan, and it's kind of funny because that happens to some extent organically, being a developer advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, our broader team, so I, I manage a team of four people, but we have a broader developer advocacy team of about 16 or so people, and... Uh, I've run into people at random conferences across the world <laughs> who I work with, uh, and I've actually met in person all but one person that I that I work with um, on our broader team. But uh, uh, so I still want to meet her in person at some point. But um, but just randomly uh, encountering people, it's it's, it's kind of funny. But, Very cool. Yeah. Well, Brad, I want to thank you for um, taking the time to be with us here today. Uh, I know you've got other things that you could be doing. You've got sessions that you're skipping just to talk with us, and I I do appreciate you being here. Um, You've been around in the PHP community, and even though you don't do PHP on a day-to-day basis, you're still part of the community, and you still take the time to come to conferences like this and help us understand that there are things outside of PHP that we still need to know. So on behalf of the community, thank you for all the effort that you've put into keeping us aware of everything that IBM is doing and y'all doing some great things. Thank you, Cal. And thank you, everybody, for listening in on another episode of Voices of the Elephant. We appreciate you being here. Hey, do us a favor. Go out to iTunes and give us a rating. Give us some feedback. We would love to have a review from you. Or We hope you'll join us on the next episode of Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.